0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demoin here with y'all, as always, sitting here on a Thursday night about ten o'clock, just a, uh, a few hours removed from a ACC Thursday night contest as the Notre Dame Fighting Irish get um, what, you know, the schedule, probably the most important win of the season. You could argue that the Irish have gotten um, most important, I, I guess you could say, since the Duke win, but certainly, you know, this one you know, coming into the game, you had kind of Carolina and Notre Dame sitting there kind of fighting for that, you know, spot in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that third spot that the uh, the ACC is likely going to get now, um, you know, with Notre Dame winning, they go to 12th in the RPI, and uh, UNC drops to 16th. If UNC would have won, uh, according to Inside Lacrosse's uh, projections, they would have gone up to nine, and the Irish would have dropped to 20. So, really big win here the Irish, um, and big day for the defense. Liam Intamin, fourteen saves in the effort. You know they kept Carolina off the board for thirty-six plus minutes of play here. Uh, from it was like the four thirty-three mark in the in the. Excuse uh, early in the second, through the four thirty-eight mark in the final uh, period there in the fourth quarter. Really good defensive day for the Irish. Will Lynch, 64% at the dot. Uh, Andrew Tyre, Zach Tucci, still banged up there for Carolina, but they're playing through it. Graham Schwartz also saw action there going 5 for 8. He was their best option today there at the dot. Chase Mullins no longer listed on the Carolina roster. Um, you know, I think we had mentioned the other day, possibly a red shirt situation um he's no longer on the roster so i uh, do not know at, at this time at least what that situation is but uh, you know it looks like he's not with the team at least for the remainder of this season possibly uh could be leaving the program with him being taken off of the roster there so uh you know difficulties hit the Carolina faceoff room, Will Lynch, freshman at Notre Dame, continues to improve this season. Um, you, know, you saw people talk about him early, earlier this season. You know, is he going to be able to, to to be what the Irish need? And he's been that the past few weeks, and he does it again here today. Eric Dobson, four goals on the day off of five shots for uh, Notre Dame, three of which came in the third quarter, had a third quarter hat trick. Uh, I've talked about it before, Dobson. I think when you look at this Notre Dame offense, um, and you look at obviously Pat and Chris Cavanaugh, kind of highlight what highlight this roster offensively, right? Uh, but you look at Eric Dobson, you look at at, at, at Jacka Boyce McCann Quinn McCann. I mean, this is a midfield that is. You know, very very good um, and very important to this Notre Dame offense and, and Dobson being you know the headliner there at midfield Jake Taylor uh, getting the start again today at attack he started the past four games I believe for the Irish he had uh, a hat-trick there in this one as well as an assist. Two of his goals, there, uh, obviously so just had a hat trick, did not have an assist, uh, but had ha- had a hat trick. Two of his goals coming uh, during the Irish's you know, nine goals on there from the seven twenty eight mark through in the uh, in the second through the eleven thirty nine mark in the fourth, and that stretch, that nine goal stretch, really really put things away here as uh, Notre Dame gets a dominating victory in this one. Uh, you know, Chris Gray, Alden Cohen. Uh, you know, people were talking about before the game is uh, you know, possibly you know top five PLL draft pick mo- matchup and and look, uh, you know, Chris Gray gets one goal to assist. Uh, he got the better of Cohen on on, on some looks, but uh, Cohen I, I thought did a good job. Just as that Notre Dame defense did a good job shutting down Carolina. Um, I think, you know, this game, you kind of have to look at it as a possible elimination game Uh, for Carolina as they only have Duke left uh, next weekend in Chapel Hill. Notre Dame plays uh, Syracuse next weekend and then also plays uh, Duke on that May 7th game. Uh, There, I think that one is in... What is that one is? That one is in Durham, I think. Okay, no, South Bend. South Bend. That one is in South Bend. So they've got Syracuse and, and, and Duke left, uh, one on the road, and, and then at, at the Carrier Dome, or should we call it the Carrier Dome anymore, guys? Um, I don't know if y'all saw that change the name. Um, the Dome It said on-campus on, on campus stadium is how they listed it. Very funny. Uh, little, little cloak there, Syracuse. But uh, Duke being the, the the last real test, if you will, I'm mean, say possibly to pull something off, you know, um, you know, ACC is always tough, but you, you got, Syracuse, you got Duke left if you're Notre Dame, if you're Carolina, all you've got left is Duke. And Duke, I think is finally in this NCAA tournament and they both these teams have Duke next up or well, within the next few weeks, um, I should say. And, you know, I, you know it, it, it feels like, like Carol, the clock is it has run out on Carolina in many respects. It, it's going to be, uh, you know, some crazy might have to happen for Carolina to get in, especially after uh, today's loss. Uh, as I mentioned, a very good one for Notre Dame. That that defense uh, will winch, and, and this offense benefited, benefited as well. Um and, and look, this is this was a three two game uh early in the in the second. Carolina's up three two. Chris Grey, his lone goal puts them up three two. They never let again. They never let again. Uh Notre Dame stepped on the gas and and, and just you know, floored it straight through the finish line, uh get a big win there for the Irish. We also saw a uh some other midweek games this week. Georgetown uh, blowout win. Could say fourteen to seven on Tuesday night over Loyola. Um, you know, Dylan Watson five goals in this one to lead the way. Went kind of as you would expect. Um, you know, Watson had that just insane around the world shot um, and anyway, a, a a kind of quick stick around the world shot, which I, I've never seen before. But um, like, like literally. I don't think he even had the ball for a second. Like, just kind of around the world tapping it, but you know, he, he, amazing play from, from, from Watson, who's who's been you know one of the leaders of this this Georgetown offense, and you know we 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 saw Georgetown do what Georgetown does, and 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 they dominated, um, you know, and, and Loyola was able to get some get some looks. They had a little spark there in the in the uh, in in the second quarter, but. uh Ultimately, uh, Georgetown, you know, pulls away in this one and, and gets the win. I do want to highlight for, for Loyola. However, um, you know, Davis Lindsey, uh, you know, he's a guy, a, a, a sophomore who missed last year with an injury out of Christ School at North Carolina. Uh, a very, very good high school player. Over, I want to say, 320 uh, points in his high school career. Amazing high school player uh, goes to Loyola. You know, is out last year, and he's getting some playing time now. here down the stretch of this season, and you know, that's a name that you saw on, on on Tuesday. Two goals, three assists. Um, you know, he was involved on a lot of those goals uh, there, as well as Kevin Lindley. You know, helping lead the way uh, with him there, and that's a guide that for Loyola to to, to kind of watch down the stretch here. This is. Time of year where you see some of these younger guys step up, and you say, "Okay, like, what is this guy gonna be? You know, next year, or the year after that? Like, like, this is the future. This is the time where you start to see that." And I, I think we've seen that with Boyle these past couple of uh, weeks, uh, and, and certainly on Tuesday night with Lindsey. Um, also, Tuesday night Binghamton eighteen to eight over NJIT, they get uh, a America East tournament bid, and. That one, uh, you also saw a game on Wednesday night, Holy Cross beats UMass Lowell, 15-14 to, to earn their first victory of the season. Congratulations, uh, Coach Rippert. And the Crusaders, uh, watch the end of that one. Uh, multiple, no you know, big defensive stops down the end. Very really sloppy play, but uh, multiple defensive stops down the end. Now, you have Hampton. And NJIT uh, sitting there as the lone two teams that have uh, you know no wins on the season. Uh, NJIT plays you uh, plays you Albany, and then UMBC uh, the next two games. VMI finishes the season uh, this weekend at I mean, Hampton finishes this season at VMI, um, and that's that's a game where I, I thought. You know Hampton played pretty well in that one early on in the season. Uh, when I, I watched you know, most of that one until VMI pulled away, you know, and and VMI I think's gotten better. Um, you know, those three and nine, best season since. Um, I mean, it, it, it's been multiple years since they've had. Uh, I think twenty was it fourteen or fifteen was the last time they had over two wins. Um, or had. Over two wins and and, and they got that early, earlier this season, getting the Mount Saint Mary's win. They get their first win over Mercer, uh first SoCon win, first conference win since 2000. Uh, I want to say 2014 as well. Back when they, when they were in the uh, so when they were in the A Sun of the, of the they still in the MAC during that time. Anyway, um, so yeah, they got that game. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, but turning all attention. You know, to the weekend. Do have an exciting weekend here coming up, uh the second to last weekend in the regular season, last weekend of the regular season for the Big Ten. And y'all know what that means. Uh this weekend is Rivalry Weekend in college across. Where we are gonna start uh, with previewing this weekend is Army Navy, it returns to Mikey Stadium for the first time since 2018. Remember, they didn't play in 2020, so they didn't get that meeting. But uh, 2019, 2021, both played in Annapolis. You know, Army comes into this game, I think, as, as probably the favorite. Um, with in, Of course, in this one, throw out the record books always, but Army comes in as, as, as a clear favorite. After that 17 to 10 uh win on the road against Cornell last weekend, the offense looked fantastic in that one. You had Will Colludi looked very, very good at the faceoff dot as well. Wyatt Schubert continues to play well in Cage. This defense continues to play well. You have some young guys who stepped up on that back end there this season. Um And look, this is a top top ten scoring offense the Black Knights have, uh, and they've seen much greater depth there in recent weeks. Obviously, Brendan Nicktone leading the way there, Reese Buellik, Paul Johnson, Jacob Molin, Bobby Abshire, Danny Kilbasa, all shipping in as well. And then obviously on, no, uh uh, Spaso on Saturday you had a. Last Saturday, Ryan uh, Sposito uh, had the you know, just unbelievable performance in that one with uh, a hat trick there, uh, grandson of uh, Richie Morand, a uh, former Cornell head coach, um, got to you know, have that hat trick against his grandfather's team in front of it with his grandfather in attendance. Uh, Cool, cool storyline there. So we'll see if he steps up again here on Saturday Uh, because that is what you see in Army-Navy a lot of times is these guys stepping up. So I think the fact that Army has this depth going on offense is a great thing to see. Um, it, it, It is a sign of good things to come for this Army team. Obviously, we talked about that. Juan win probably gives them in. Uh, 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 It it is a resume booster. Most likely helps the Patriot League get two teams in. uh, The postseason, we'll see what happens elsewhere in the country. But, um, you know, Army does look better with that win than they did without it for certain, uh, especially the way that the two best wins, UMass and Syracuse, Especially the way those seasons are going, uh, Syracuse in particular was the you no know, best win until that point. Navy uh, comes into this one; they, they get a bounce back win, nine to five over Navy. That one followed uh, consecutive losses against Boston U and Loyola in the two weeks prior. Uh, you know, Jackson Bonitz had his best performance last weekend since coming back in the lineup he sat out that colgate game in mid-march has come back and, and had his best performance statistically since uh coming back last weekend three ground balls two cost turnovers you know this is a, a a defense that ranks 10th nationally allowing 10.8 uh, goals per game however i i will say this I you know this navy defense is one that Against the teams they're supposed to beat Hofstra, uh, be, be one of them. You know, they they allowed seven goals against Hofstra, the 8-7 to seven win there. You, you look at what they've done against some other, <clears throat> excuse me, Patriot League teams. And some of the lower end Patriot League teams uh, in particular, okay. Um, Colgate t- put up 10 on them. Holy Cross, they held them to eight. Lafayette. Obviously, last weekend nine to five, but seventeen to nine loss against Boston U, eighteen to seven loss against Loyola, eleven to ten win over over Johns Hopkins. Uh, in, in that one uh, rivalry game, there back in in in, in mid to late March, uh, they did you know allow it was eleven to seven uh, loss at Lehigh, so against. The teams that they should be beating, they've done pretty well. But against those upper echelon teams in the Patriot League, things have not been so good. And that is another part coming into this game when you have to look at it and say, okay, like, A, yes, you throw out the record books, you throw out everything because this game is so different than, than any other. But at the same time, you have to look at what have these teams done to this point? up until this point in the season, and Navy. Navy's been, uh, you know, frankly, <clears throat> uh, a disappointment based on what some other people thought they could be. Now, I was never, I you know, I thought Navy was probably gonna make the Patriot tournament, <clears throat> which they still are in the race for there, um, kind of Navy, Bucknell, Colgate hanging out there, as those next three—BU, Army, Lehigh, Loyola—all have got uh, those bids locked up. Navy plays Bucknell next weekend. Could be a really big game to determine who gets, uh, you know, who gets where in those quarterfinal games. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not up to date on all the conference races, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of, you know, walking at the standings and knowing who's beaten who. That's what it looks like right now. I don't have, like, the tiebreakers in front of me or anything, but Navy certainly needs that win next weekend, and and they'll certainly, you know, looks like they're going to get in, but the way they've played, get into the quarterfinals, but the way they've played, they don't look good. They they do not look good, certainly not as good as they looked at times a year ago. Um, Now you look at, you know, last year everything they lost, you know, from, you know, Lee's and cage and really that entire defense and, you know, Pat Ryan has been decent in cage 52% safe percentage, but, you know, nothing like lease was um, a year ago. So I, I just question like my biggest question coming into this game is just can Navy hang. And we've seen Navy, even on Saturday, I went back and watched that Lafayette game. They started, you know, they eventually pulled away in that one. But there was, like, times when you're watching this, and you're like, man, like, this is, like, you should not be playing like this against against Lafayette. You shouldn't have this slow of a start. Now, that's nothing against, against the Lafayette or any of those other teams in the Patriot League. But you've got to start faster than they have in the past offensively. Their offense has, I know they, they've had some, some injuries, some guys rotating in and out there on the offensive end um and, and again, it's Army Navy. it's different. We'll see how things go um you know, think back the last year army I, I've been playing really good all year. and you know navy they, they Army goes into Annapolis and they what do they do They get beat nine to four um and that Navy defense shuts them down that they held put in Nick tone uh to just three shots. Three shots, three turnovers was his stat line, two shots on cage uh, last year in that game. So uh, this is a defense that's going to have to step up, I, and I don't know if they can. Uh, but again, Army-Navy, thought the record books. I'm excited to see this one. But again, I do, you know, one thing to watch, how does Army's defense attack this, uh, Army's offense attack this Navy defense? And I guess you could say vice versa as well. That is the chess match that makes up college lacrosse. Maryland and Hopkins. The, uh don't want to get in trouble here, but the, the greatest rivalry in college Across, you could say. Uh, the most historic rivalry in college lacrosse. I don't want to get in trouble with any, any other fan bases here, but... Um, You do have this one on Saturday as well. Uh, This is a Saturday night matchup. I love seeing it. 6 p.m. under the lights at Homewood Field. This is what it should be. This is absolutely what it should be. Talking Saturday night, 6 p.m. under the lights, Homewood Field. One of the best settings in college cross. This is exactly what this game should be. Don't play it at noon. Do not play it at noon played at 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 8.30, I don't care, under the frickin' lights at Homewood, in College Park under the lights. I, that's what you need to do from here on out. Do that. Do that. Obviously, coming into this one, I think we all know who's favorite. It's Maryland. And Maryland, I got to say, though, last week they didn't start too strong. And uh, look, it, it's, it's difficult to stay undefeated. It, it just is. That's that's not a secret. It's difficult to go undefeated in anything. Football, basketball, lacrosse, it doesn't matter. It's a difficult thing to do. It's very difficult to do. That's why not many people have done it. <laughs> um, not many people at all have done it. And, you know, Maryland's trying to do that. And I think they can, but they gotta get through Hopkins. And I will tell you this, though, Hopkins last weekend, last weekend, I know it it was Penn State, but you look at that Hopkins game a weekend ago, and and look, they were coming off two tough losses, a 12-7 loss at at Rutgers, and then that 12-10 loss at Ohio State where the Buckeyes stormed back in the fourth quarter. And they're coming off those two losses. They were able to put it together and they beat Penn State 13 to 10. And, you know, this was a game where Hopkins got up early. Degnon Grimes get the first two goals. Penn State ties it up relatively soon after that. But after they took that that 4-2 lead there in, in the late in the first, uh with he had another Dagnon goal, as he had six uh six goals in this one, they never looked back. They never looked back. And, um, you know, they led the rest of the way. And, you know, Penn State did get some things going late. So I, I think for for Hopkins, if they do get up in this one, they're gonna have to make sure, okay, we don't get too comfortable. We don't let them come back on us because that's happened. That has happened. Um, you, if you think back to that Michigan game, it was, you know, who, who did the late game split? It was Hopkins. It was Hopkins. They they, they had a, a tremendous fourth quarter. Uh, you know, with, with you had Peshko, Dagnon, and I, I think were the three guys that scored uh, their late to really put it over the edge. They, they've got to have that. The, the, this offense has got to showcase that depth that they have. And they've shown it. They, they, they've shown different looks, they've shown different scenarios, different lineups all season. They've gotta show this and, and they've gotta show the depth the talent they have there. Um, we mentioned Degnon was phenomenal last week. Connor Lee Simone, six assists last week as well. Jacob and Jealous with, with with two goals and two assists. Epstein, Grimes each had two goals in this one. Jack Keel had a goal as well in that one. Hopkins has gotta stretch their bench and they've gotta use every little ounce they have. If they want to beat this Maryland team, you know, I, I mean, I don't think we need to talk much about this Maryland team. I mean, we know what this Maryland team is. They're the best fucking team in college of cross. They might be the best team. I don't know the past decade. Like, 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 if they really do go undefeated, national champions, they're gonna be listed as the best team since 06 Virginia. And I don't know if there's a team that's been like this since 06 Virginia. I just don't think so. Now, would I go on on here right now and say, "I think Maryland's going to win the national title"? No, no, because I think, well, I think they they are the favorites, and I would say they are the favorites. Not going to say that here in April. We'll wait till the till the bracket comes out, then we'll talk about that. Uh, Maryland has has it really has nothing. Not that they don't have anything to lose, but they have you know everything is in front of them if, if you will and so this much like the Ohio State game I think if Hopkins can play well enough in that first quarter and if they can if they're able you know if they're able to at the faceoff dot with, with Norwiski and Callahan uh who, who Callahan took the majority of the faceoffs last weekend if they can neutralize Wyoming, and if they can crack uh, McNaney early on, crack this defense, they can have success, but they're going to have to sustain it. You're going to have to keep that going throughout. Can't get too high, can't get too low. Um, you do that, Merlin's going to come back and bite you. Certainly, so you get too low, you're out of this thing. If you let Merlin get up on you and get in your head, you lose this game. that's just a fact. We've seen what Maryland has done to every team they've played this season. They did it to Virginia. They did it to Rutgers. They did it to Ohio State last week. They did it to Notre Dame. They did it to Princeton. They've done every team they've played this year that, that is a good top 15, top 10 caliber team. They've beaten, and they've beaten the bricks off them at certain points. Has every game been pretty start to finish? No. Last weekend I would say was probably Maryland's worst performance of the year. Uh, they were tied seven to seven and a half. And I'm saying that is the worst performance of the season. They won 19 to 12. And I'm saying that is the worst performance of the season. Think about that. You know, I don't usually go over picks you, but I'm picking Maryland in this one and you know, I think it's gonna be close though. I do, I do. Like I said with Hopkins, excuse uh, me, with uh, Army Navy, and with any rivalry, throw the frickin' record books out. Throw the record books out. It doesn't matter. This is, you know, last year. Look at what they did last year: fourteen, thirteen win, and the second regular season game for Maryland, a twelve to ten victory in the Big Ten title game last year over Hopkins-Maryland uh, did So just because this is, the, I think the talent gap between these two teams is probably greater than it ever has been in the past decade of this rivalry, this is still a battle that both of these teams want, and it's at Homewood. It's at Homewood. If you think Hopkins isn't going to come out in this one and fight their tail off, I'm sorry, but you're crazy. So, six p.m. ESPNU. Tune in. I I I'll be tuning in. This is the game of the week. Um, you know, at Army Navy, Hopkins, Maryland, the two best games of the week. You watch those. You watch those. CBS Sports Network. Army Navy, by the way other rivalry games this weekend we have rutgers and penn state which i don't know lacrosse wise is it a rivalry i don't think so i don't even think it's a rivalry in football anymore it was back in the day um i think rutgers takes this one i think rutgers has you know I mean, well, we, we've seen what they've done to every other big 10 team besides maryland they get that nascar offense going they don't they they, they get things going at the dot and even when they don't, though defense is good enough and, and Coast is good enough in cage, they get those possessions that way. Uh, they, they can really stifle you. They can they can step on your neck, and they can break it at the same time. And they've done it to a number of teams, teams this year. They can certainly do it uh, to Penn State, who – and I'll say this about Penn State. I, I think Penn State is a team, and I've said this on here before, they're not – like they're 3-9, but they're not that far off. They're not that far off. It's, it's crazy to think, you know, 9-8, you know, overtime win over Michigan is, you know, the best win. Well, outside, I mean, this is a team that beat Yale. Like, they beat Yale. Okay, they, they beat Yale. Like, that's, they beat Yale. They almost beat Penn. They almost beat Cornell. Lost by one in each of those games. Lost by one to Bucknell. Big defensive stop down the end for the Bison. This is a team that just does not put it together, play to play the way they should, and and, and that's got to change if they want to get some wins soon. But I, I just think you look at the youth of this Penn State team, and they do have some veterans on there contributing certainly, but um, a lot of these players we've mentioned are very young. I just think when you look at that and, and that experience that they've had, and they've had those injuries, guys in and out of the lineup, you know, all season long. Um, there for, for 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 Penn State, you know, Jack Trainer hasn't played since Yale. Um, there, there's just so many, so many factors that have played in this season. I, I just don't see them getting a win here over a really good Rutgers team. Um, and then Ohio State and Michigan, uh, one of the biggest rivalries in college athletics, football, basketball, regardless, it does not matter. These teams do not like each other, and they will let you know that they, I mean, this is in the horseshoe. It is Sunday night, Big Ten showdown. I'm excited for this one, 7 p.m. Sunday night. Um, I think Ohio State wins this one. I really do. I I, I came into the season pretty high on Michigan. You guys know that. Y'all know that I was high on Michigan coming this year. I don't know, man. They, they've just – and you look at this offense, and there's so much talent there. There's so much talent there. But defensively, and I I, I think I said this back in February, I was like, look, their defense just isn't there yet. Like, I mean, they have lost Harvard, Notre Dame, Hopkins, Maryland, Penn State, and Rutgers. That's six straight losses. And they started the year with, you know, Bellarmine, Detroit Mercy, Holy Cross, Canisius, Cleveland State, Marquette, Delaware. They started, they had a seven- game winning streak to open the season and they end the year on a seven if they lose this one eight game winning streak that's insane that's insane um and look I had someone had asked me you know if Bryce Clay was there what is this Michigan team look like I, to, to be honest, I don't think it's much different. I really don't. Um, you know, they've been close these past two weeks against Penn State and against Rutgers, um, and, and that Rutgers game they showed a lot of fight coming back in that one. And I think if the if they want a shot at Ohio State, they have to have that fight throughout the game. Like that's the thing with Michigan is I just don't think, and this is offensively and defensively, I don't think they're aggressive enough throughout the game. If they can just be as aggressive as, as aggressive as they've been in the second half and their past two games from start to finish, from the opening faceoff to the final buzzer, if they play with that kind of aggression on both ends of the field, I mean, they can win games. They can win games. And look, Shane Carr has, has been very good in cage for them this year, okay? When you look at... The um the face situation. Justin Wheatfield has, you know, really stepped up when needed there as that backup guy uh for for Nick Rawlett who was out for a couple games. And so you have a solid one-two punch there at the face-off dot. And both of those guys have been pretty solid this season. And they have an offense with with guys like Josh Water and Michael Bain and Ryan Cohn that can get the job done. And Jake Bonomi, aid Mahond at the midfield. But they just aren't that aggressive. And I don't know if it's you're going up against a, a Big Ten team, if they don't have the talent, they don't have the athleticism to do that. But they're just not aggressive. They don't dodge towards them. And the first instance you saw that was against Harvard. And it happened again against Notre Dame. And it, it's kind of been that way. Um, you know, Ohio State, this is a team that, is very good this is a team that is firmly in the ncaa tournament kind of you know uh they're firmly in the ncaa tournament picture and they're gonna make it in there um and obviously you look at you know jack myers what he's done for this team you look at just how good uh they've been overall you know I I I I think, and certainly we've seen a number of other guys kind of step up here recently. Um, obviously, Myers leading the way there, uh, but you you know you look at a guy like Jackson, Reed, Colby Smith, Jason Knox, uh, Johnny Wiseman, guys who, who who've stepped up and had good games um, in recent weeks. Connor Mitchell, um, and I I just think this is an Ohio State team that. You no, know, they have some bumps and bruises, but I think they've only gotten better throughout the year. Um, you know the, the kind of situation and goal is I would say pretty much settled at this point with uh, Skyler Uh Wuland uh, playing there and Cage over Kate Johnson. It's kind of a settled situation, and and he's been pretty good uh throughout this throughout these past however many games uh you know, he's gotten the start there, I think it was since Dartmouth. Is, you know, he started every game since Dartmouth and uh, played the majority, if not all, of those games. And he's been pretty good. So I think this is an Ohio State team. And then you look at, you know, their on defense and what that defense as a whole has done. Bobby Van Buren, obviously, stepping up as a freshman. I just think they're a much better team than Michigan at this point in the season. They've progressed better uh, than Michigan at this point in the season. Now moving on to uh, the conference that has been the talk of the season all year, the Ivy League, and uh, you know what we got going on there this weekend. Highlighting the Ivy is again the Brown Bears. You know the Bears have had, uh, you know, really two big weekends in a row. You know, beating Yale a week ago and uh, getting the win over Penn two weekends ago. They now will uh, welcome uh, head to Ithaca where they will uh, face the Cornell Big Red. And uh, this is a Cornell team that is very much not on a different path at, in terms of like Brown still needs, I think, this win to get into the tournament. Um, and, you know, this is a – Brown still needs this win. Like, just put it that way. Brown still needs this win. Um, but Cornell it is pretty safe at the moment. And how is and where things sit, um, and the the big Red all coming off that big loss to to Army where really it, it was you know CJ Coast was the and uh, Billy Coyle were the only two guys that really could get anything going um, on the offensive end last week. Uh, Browns defense played very well. Connor Thelio has been phenomenal in cage. Matt Gunty, you know, was good in the second half at the face-off I, I want to see the, him and Petrakis. Petrakis has been up and down this season, hasn't been too, too good. Uh, but Gunty hasn't been necessarily fantastic either. Two guys that have had similar, not um, not the same, but similar uh, performances this season in terms of really good ones and not so good ones. Um Wish there was a better way to put that. But anyway, Gunty and Petrakis, what does that matchup look like? Who gets the edge in that one? And then, you know, I mentioned the Brown defense. Can no, Cornell's offense was not very good last week. They were not very good against that Army defense that, that, that kind of shut them down. Is Brown's defense good enough to, to, to do that? I, I would lean on the side of no, but... If Brown can do what they did last week, they got some. And we talk about Brown, I don't know if they want to go fast, but they certainly, when given the opportunity, uh, can succeed in transition on those unsettled situations. And they did that at times last week against Yale. Um, And we'll see what they can do here against Cornell. But if they get a win against Cornell, huge win again for Mike Daly. And uh, and the Brown Bears, Bruno is rolling right now. We'll see if they can continue to roll here on Saturday. Elsewhere in the Ivy League, Harvard hosts Princeton, top twenty matchup. Harvard, this could be a big one for them. Um, the Ivy League tournament right now, <clears throat> only four teams making it, in. and it looks like at the moment that you know Penn and Harvard. could be the two teams out. Brown is also, I would say, in that mix as well. Um, But Brown, Harvard does have that tiebreaker over Brown. Um, If Harvard Harvard beats Princeton, I think this solidifies that one for them. I don't know the tiebreaker scenario and all that. As I've said, I have to look into that. I'm going to try to do something next week, kind of looking at all that as we head into the final weekend of the IV, the the Mac, the, the, you know, SoCon, the ASON are, are settled, but the, the other conferences, the NEC, I'll try to do something next week while I look at that, but, um, because I have not looked deeply into it. But, uh, you know, right now, Cornell, Princeton, Yale, pretty much a lock in there. Who's going to be that fourth seed? You know, Penn, Harvard uh, there, and, you know, Penn beat Harvard last week. But, um, you know, you have Harvard playing Princeton this week, and uh, Princeton beat Penn. It's it, it's it's a merry-go-round this year in, in, in the Ivy League. Um, so we'll see. I think that fourth spot is still very much uh, up for grabs there, if you will. Um, and uh, for Harvard, it could be a big one here against Princeton. They're number 16 in the RPI um, there as one of only two Ivies not in the RPI. Top 10 feels like a big game here for Harvard. Uh, Dartmouth host Penn, uh, the Big Green, looking for their first conference win, <clears throat> obviously, since. Uh, what was the last conference one? Let's look this up right here. Dartmouth Big Green, and they've been close this season. Uh, they've had some close games against Ivy opponents. Um, they have not had an Ivy League win since 2015. Who? Oh. Who was that against, by the way? Let's look this up here. 2015, Dartmouth 1-5 in Ivy League play. And they beat Harvard 12-11 in double overtime in their Ivy opener. So uh, Dartmouth looking to kind of break that streak here. Penn looking to continue rolling here um, and get their second win in a low. Um, after kind of, you know, it's been a kind of an up and down season for the Quakers, uh, but been a consistently a good squad overall. Yale host Albany in a non-conference matchup before the Yale-Harvard game, or Harvard-Yale game, however you want to say it, next weekend. A couple other games to mention here. Uh, this weekend, Vermont and Binghamton, the two top teams in the American East, both have uh, locked in those spots in the America East tournament. This is really a battle for that number one seed there. Uh, Look for the goalie battle, Ryan Cornell and Teddy Dolan. Uh, One thing to to watch in that one, the goalie battle between those two. Um, Who gets the number two seed in the SOCON tournament, High Point or is it Richmond? We will find out on Saturday as the Spiders and Panthers go head to head. They've both only lost one game in conference play to Jacksonville. Two pretty good offenses here. Asher Nolting obviously keeps climbing up the NCAA record books. I believe he's within, within the top ten right now in all-time points, um, and he keeps climbing it as well as as does Chris Gray down the road at Chap- Chapel Hill. Uh, Richmond there, Ryan Lanchberry, Dalton Young has been really good for this team, a top ten scoring offense in the country. Uh, Richmond's defense has also been pretty good as well there. Uh, this is going to be an exciting one in the SoCon, as always. Lehigh and Boston U, another uh, good Patriot League battle with, with with postseason implications. Boston U kind of sitting there at the top in the Patriot League at the moment, 6-0 in conference play. They showcased a lot of their depth last week. Jake Cates out for the season at the midfield, um, you know, get guys to step up there offensively, just as they have defensively for a couple games. Uh, now, as well, where you had Patrick Morrison out uh, for two or three games, I believe it was uh, two games, uh, not last week, but the two weeks prior to that was out defensively for Boston U. Can the Taylor's take down the Mountain Hawks in this one, get another big win in conference play? Mikey Sisselberger, Connor Calderon, who wins that battle at the faceoff dot? Syracuse and Virginia, a uh, rivalry contest between these two. Um, Virginia's got to be the favorite heading into this one. Obviously, they beat Syracuse pretty soundly last time out. Um, Syracuse on a four game losing streak that dates back to late March. Uh, you know, last time out, they fell to North Carolina 14 13. Strong late game effort, though. You have to give them credit for that. Virginia won the first meeting twenty eleven, and Virginia is looking for a bounce back victory um, after losing one to Duke last Thursday in what was, I would probably say, Virginia's worst performance of the season. I would I would put that one as worse than the Duke, uh, excuse me, than the, uh, the 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 Richmond game. Um, so you know you've got the Virginia um, Duke game 17 to 8, and you had the Richmond game 17 to 13. And obviously, both games were pretty bad for them. I'd say the Duke one was worse. Um, now, Virginia did have that win last weekend over Quinnipiac 21 to 9. You know, not really. So I know they're not technically coming off the Duke win, but that was one to kind of reset things. This one, the really trying to push back into into things here uh, against an ACC opponent um, there so that is that is the kind of other' really the only other ACC game this weekend uh, some other games to watch just to mention here Monmouth Manhattan on uh, Friday uh, probably when a lot of y'all listening to this uh, 4 p.m. Friday Mount St. Mary uh, no, 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 colgate Loyola excuse me, colgate Loyola uh, could be a big one there in the Patriot League. Colgate obviously had the big win over Lehigh a week ago. Uh, UMBC-Stony Brook isn't going to mean a lot, but will be interesting. Uh, Hobart-LIU, as uh, the statesmen, look to uh, continue <clears throat> getting those wins there in the... Uh, in the NEC, they lost to Bryant. They lost to St. Joseph's. This is the other top team. Uh, this is the number three team there in the NEC. Can they get a win over them? Um, you no. Know, they, they beat Wagner. They beat Merrimack last weekend. Um, obviously, Merrimack can't go to the NEC tournament. So, uh, you know, Hobart jumps them in kind of the standings there, as, as does Mount St. Mary's. Um, so, you know. Got an interesting one there, and and Hobart, you know, LIU this weekend, Mount St. Mary's next weekend could end uh, what's been an up-and-down season for them on a four-game winning streak, could the Statesman. Marquette, Villanova, I think will be interesting. It's been an interesting battle between those two teams um, in recent years, so we'll see how that one goes. Hofstra, UMass, always a fun one. As well, Fairfield, Towson, Del, uh, Drexel, Delaware. Obviously, the CAA breeds chaos, um, and so definitely, you know, if you can get your eyes on those ones, or uh, as I do a lot of times with, because I don't, I don't subscribe necessarily to the CAA, the flow of sports. Um, I do now, but I didn't all year, so I kind of just kind of with a lot of these lower end game games, as you're watching some bigger games scoreboard view uh, on the phone is a good way to go, or the computer, what, what, whichever. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us on social media at LaClasse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, WacrossBucket.com, where it's always Wacross season.